to take you inside and turn the pages. Here are your hosts, Henry and June. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries podcast. Yeah. 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 Every time I'm surprised. (laughs) (laughs) We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching others in the process. I'm Robin. I'm here with Marcy and Adam. From the early 90s until the mid-2000s, children gathered around their TV sets at 8 p.m. on Saturday nights to catch a legendary two-hour block of programming. It ran on the network Nickelodeon, featuring shows meant for older kids, and of course, a big orange couch. How comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Snick, named for Saturday Night Nick, featured shows like Clarissa Explains It All, The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and so many more. We love these shows so much, it's hard to imagine a time when they were all airing on the same network. So, to honor a few of them, we are doing Snick-tember! Whoa! Yay! Each week, we'll feature an episode on a Snick TV show. The first one on our list is Kablam! Whoa! Oh, buckle up, everybody! <laughs> That's right. We're launching right into this. Into the crash positions. Kablam! was billed as a new kind of cartoon show that featured a mixture of different shorts and a variety of mediums. It played as a video comic book with the animated hosts Henry and June guiding you through the pages. Kablam! was unlike any Nicktoon before it, a strange yet hilarious show that perfectly harnessed the magic of 90s Nickelodeon. Today we're covering the history of this often forgotten gem, so grab your popcorn, sit back, relax, and let us turn the pages for you. Many people consider Kablam to be a spin-off from all that. The children's sketch comedy show that started airing two years before Kablam. Apparently, an episode of all that aired the short Action League Now before Kablam started airing in 1996. Unfortunately, I cannot find the episode of all that that had this short. It... Apparently exists though. It, it it's hard to find Nickelodeon things. It really yeah. is. Why is that, huh? Yeah, I don't know. They're incredibly elusive. We it, it can be really hard to find specific information about Nickelodeon in the nineties. Much like all that, Kablam was a sketch comedy show. The key difference is that the show is animated, but the concepts are similar. Yeah, it's super weird. Yes. <laughs> if you have never seen Kablam, just go to YouTube. Look it up. You'll at least find the intro. And you'll probably notice right away that it is different. (laughs) Yeah. I would argue that a lot of people would probably recognize the hosts, at least. Mm -hmm. Because it aired, you know, during a a block that a lot of people did like. SNCC itself was pretty popular. A lot of SNCC shows are popular. And it also aired on weeknights, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so people would have seen at least some of it if they yeah. were a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, unless you had PBS. Right, and in, not in, that <laughs> case, in that case, such as me as right. a kid. And it lasted four years, so mm-hmm. yeah. Kablam! premiered on October 11th, 1996 as part of Nickelodeon's plan to extend their, their primetime block of entertainment past the usual 8 p.m. cutoff. It came out alongside another brand new Nicktoon, Hey Arnold!, at the time, and this is some, a practice that they actually went back to later on, but in the 90s, they would play Nick Nick at Night after mm-hmm. the Nicktoons. So after the younger kids went to bed, 
they put on Nick at Night, and then kids, you know, the older kids that were still up saw things like Full House, and yeah. And then they thought, you know what? Let's extend our programming mm-hmm. a little bit so the older kids have something to watch too. Yeah, yeah. because I remember vividly whenever I, I'd be so invested in whatever cartoon was on, and then it would go, and then the Nick at Night stuff would start, and I'd be like. Uh, bummer city man <laughs> i was always bummed out by Nick uh, at night it was like i don't want to watch george lopez right now yeah. like, I, it's, yeah. it's not that i don't like the show it's just i'm not in the mood for humans yeah i'm in the seriously. mood for cartoons mm-hmm. especially if it was like only just your turn to get the tv <laughs> and you had only been able to watch maybe an episode or two of whatever was right. on and then it just switched to that and you're like well there goes my whole evening yeah Aww. Kablam! was created by Bob Mittenthal, Will McRobb, and Chris Viscardi. Bob Mittenthal was responsible for the classic 90s Nick shows like Welcome Freshman and Family Double Dare. Nice. Yeah. Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi were, of course, responsible for the adventures of Pete and Pete, so they are absolute heroes in my opinion. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Go listen to that episode. Yes. The idea of the show was to fill a half hour of brand new cartoons created by artists all over the country. In a Chicago Tribune article, Will McRobb was quoted saying, Kids love cartoons, and that is a scientific fact. We are just giving more cartoons in a half hour than they are used to getting, and we are giving them stories in a way that's fresh and new. Fresh and new is right. The show featured a variety of animation styles, from traditional to clay to puppetry to something that they like to call chuckamation, which we will get to in a minute. (laughs) Shorts like Life with Loopy and Action League Now pushed animation boundaries and provided a type of entertainment alternative to what children were used to seeing. Yeah, most Mm -hmm. stuff on Nickelodeon was, you know, they had their own art style, but they were all the... Regular animated stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of it traditionally animated. Yeah. Uh, Aside from the one or two live action stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, Kablam decided let's let's go nuts. Right. And talking about this kind of reminds me of the early days of SpongeBob, too, because when SpongeBob in his first few seasons, they would intermix live action Mm -hmm. with the animation. And so sometimes it, it, it did have this kind of feel to it. One of the best ever things the episode wormy whenever the butterfly would land on their helmet and it was a live action shot of a butterfly face <laughs> oh for a second gosh, yeah. <laughs> they freak out okay so henry and june were two cartoon best friends and the hosts of kablam they provided the in-between segments that tied the the wildly different animation together without them the show would seem to be a mismatched hodgepodge of animation styles These characters provided commentary on the cartoons and, of course, turned the page for the viewers. They are a really nice little touch. They do sew it together very nicely because otherwise, yeah, it'd be (laughs) complete nonsense. Yeah. But at least in this, they kind of explain the nonsense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, so here's a funny joke. And now that reminds me of this, you know, and then they play something. It, It also is a little bit... Reminds me a little bit of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they would have, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle kind of anchor the show, and then they would Mm -hmm. introduce other shorts with other characters. Artist Mark Merrick was hired to create the two characters specifically for the show. He operated out of a strip mall, and before that, his basement, in New Jersey. He also owned Crank It Out Incorporated, a small animation studio. 
Nice. The creators didn't give Merrick a lot of direction, except that Henry should look unkempt, as if he had just gotten out of bed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> June was a little more organized, and Henry would be the one who was always catching up to her. Merrick filled in the blanks from there. Nicely done. Yeah, perfectly done. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great how often June gets, you know, pulls <laughs> one over on Henry. Like, for example, there's one moment where... For some reason, there's a big spider behind him. Mm-hmm. She she even says something like, "Oh, that huge black widow spider behind you with the fangs." And he's like, "Whatever, that's not even." You're lying. You're, yeah, and then it traps him in a web. She's like, "Oh, what was I supposed to do next?" And he's like, "Save me from the spider." It's like, mm, I think I'm gonna turn the page to go to the next cartoon. <laughs> like, you know, t- love that stuff. Merrick Studio handed all the animation for Henry and June's shorts. Kevin Kay, Nickelodeon's former senior vice president of production, told a local New Jersey newspaper that Merrick's style and fairly unknown status as an animator totally fit with the alternative sensibility of Kablam. He said, Mark has a unique talent. We're very anti-house style, and his work looks very different from everything else on our air. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah. You don't want to feel like anything else. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you've got a network like Nickelodeon and and you're so many creative people working on it, you don't want shows to feel like they've come out of a can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I know Nickelodeon now, they're a lot more canned. Yeah, unfortunately. In the beginning, Mark animated the segments by himself and then with one other animator. By the time the show was done airing, he had a team of 14 people. The five minutes of Henry and June for each episode took about three weeks to complete. Wow, that's pretty nuts, doing that all by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading an interview with him where he'd watch the old mm-hmm. segments and he would just, oh, he'd cringe, cringe. and say, oh, oh, they don't look so good. And the reporter was like, these were perfectly acceptable pieces of animation. Yeah. But he's just sitting there like, oh, it's too choppy. You and- can you can see the progression yeah. if you watch episode one versus mm-hmm. you know episode 40 or whatever right. you can see yeah. the difference and i think all artists are that way i was thinking oh, the same yeah. thing I listen, you look back i don't and... listen to old episodes of our show because yeah. i know what yeah i can't listen to them because i can't fix them yeah but you should you should you should listen but listeners yes you but, guys yes. <laughs> you guys <should. laughs> when kablam was in its fourth season henry and june got their own special Nickelodeon was hoping that it would become its own spin-off show. Unfortunately, the Henry and June show did not get picked up. But we will link in the blog where you can watch it on YouTube. Nice. That is cool. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a half hour of just Henry and June, and it's they're hosting their own variety show. Cool. Henry was played by 13-year-old Noah Segan. Besides voice acting, he also was recently in Knives Out as Trooper Wagner, Kid Blue and Looper, and an X-Wing pilot in Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Whoa. Bummer about the Star Wars thing. Yeah, it sucks. It's a little bit of a black spot on his... Uh... <laughs> God, in what world do we live in where Star Wars is a black spot on your resume? Oh, my gosh. It's not. I know. Julia McIlvain played June. She has worked on several things, some live action and voice acting. Some examples would be Netflix's Dark, The Seven Deadly Sins, Judging Amy, and Pokemon Twilight Wings. Heck yeah, those are brand new too. Burt Pence voiced the general announcer. He has done a few other acting jobs, one of the most notable being narrator for the second episode of Documentary Now. 
Very cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about the shorts. So the first short, Action League Now! No, no, no. Starring the flesh. He's super strong and super naked. Thunder Girl. She flies like thunder. Stinky Diver. A former Navy commando with an attitude as bad as his odor. And Meltman with the power to melt. What quickly became the most popular short on Kablam! Action League now won over audiences with its childish humor and innovative concept. Created by the same three men who created Kablam!, the short followed a heroic group of children's dolls as they humorously saved the day. (laughs) The show portrayed how children play with their toys. The audience was meant to imagine an unseen child character moving the dolls and making them talk. That's why the events of the show are so zany. They're meant to come from a child's imagination. This also explains why the dolls are so mismatched, a funny collection that you would find on the floor of a child's bedroom. You know what? Yeah. That makes so much sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they're they just ridiculous. They get oh, broken yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. and they just barely Ran over. And they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Oh. It's exactly right. You know, it's just that's how kids don't have fully matching sets of toys. No. You know, they have random yeah. conglomerates yeah. of things. And no sometimes... matter how much the parents try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no matter how much, you know, you'll tell your kids to take care of their stuff. And they just won't. I mean, that's because yeah. they're yeah. children. <laughs> and that, it's just, it's so, it's, it's, it's very <laughs> accurate. It was the only segment to air every episode except for the specials. So Robert Mententhal said, that it proved to be really popular on all that, but we decided that it needed to be on its own stage, so we made it the anchor of Kablam. Very, very nice. Yeah. And you know what? It worked because not only did it fit in with the wacky nature of Kablam, but I noticed when watching some old episodes, it was the commercial hook. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, they'd be like doing their stuff like will will action league now save the day and then commercials yes and then they'd come back and finish that it was Mm -hmm. like the thing that was able to keep attention you know and it have a good cliffhanger every time so it really it really worked as the anchor yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was really smart and i i remember you just could not separate kablam and action league now yeah it was you knew what was coming. You knew when you were going to watch Kablam, you knew you were going to see the naked flesh guy. Like, you just knew it. <laughs> he was very naked. <laughs> Action League Now had its own special name for its animation. They referred to it as Chuckimation. The name came from the action of chucking the dolls around, just as a kid would do. The creators would throw the dolls, run them over with cars, drop them off the roof, and they just laid funny dialogue over the footage. Perfect. That's so good. Yeah. I wonder how many of each doll they had to have. Yeah, probably, probably a lot. Probably a few. One of the dolls, the flesh, is notable for not having any clothing. Mittenthal said, when I was a kid, we used to take action figures and dolls' clothes off and throw them away. They didn't have any genitalia, so it wasn't dirty. It's just funny. Just saying the word naked makes kids laugh. True. Yeah, I believe that. It's so, it's so true. Yeah. Is that... The, Honestly, the way they said it, it made, I mean, as an adult, I'm like, oh my God. That's so funny. What? He's super naked. Yeah. Super strong and super naked. <laughs> yeah, they said his personality was to was meant to be like a big kid. Yeah. You know, they said children don't mind taking their clothes off because mm-hmm. they have no sense of, you yeah. know. Yeah, they don't social, know. Yeah. 
And so <laughs> children, and they said he's like a child in that way. He does not mind to be naked because, mm-hmm. again, he's got nothing to hide. There's no genitalia. Mm-hmm. And he's really proud of his body. And he just wants to yeah. show it off I all mean, the time. he's like He-Man. He's <laughs> yeah. the hulkiest, yeah. buffest guy you've ever seen with, yeah. br- with wonderful hair. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The characters that make up Action League are various modified dolls and action figures. The Flesh is a refashioned Conan the Adventurer. Ah, see, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Thunder Girl is a mixture of Barbie and She-Ra. Stinky Diver is a G.I. Joe shipwrecked doll with the mask on backwards. <laughs> Stinky Diver. <laughs> the Chief and the Mayor are both mixtures of different play school people dolls. The villainous Mayor's voice was modeled after Pittsburgh Mayor Tom Murphy. Oh, that's hilarious. Do you think <laughs> do you think if he saw it, he'd be like, what? <laughs> that's not what I sound hey. like. <laughs> Scott Paulson played the announcer and Meltman. Jim Crenn voiced the flesh, Bill the lab guy, Stinky Diver, and the mayor. Chris Winter played Thunder Girl. Colin M. McGee played the chief. There was one episode of the show called Rock a Big Baby where Kiss members actually voiced themselves. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. They had a garage band. They did. They had a big garage concert. Concert. In that episode, Harry Connick Jr. also played Big Baby, which is terrifying. Yeah. It's it's scarier than the baby in the tin toy short from Pixar. (sighs) It's like, because it's one of those babies where where the eyes like open and close, depending on if it's laying down or standing up. So it's just like a. And yeah. It's scary. Does it give you Talkie Tina vibes? I would say it's closer to that episode of Rugrats mm. when Angelica thinks she's going to be overtaken by the new baby. And she uh, has that horrific nightmare yeah. where he's oh like, he's this gigantic baby yeah. and he's like eating everything and he's huge. I get that vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Action League Now was the most popular for a good reason. I think it was one of the best shorts. And it makes a lot of sense that it was the three guys who made Kablam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's got the, just got that great Pete and Pete energy and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I have this really great memory of, you know, it was like a Saturday night. I'm downstairs by myself and I had like a bag of Cheetos and I was watching, you know, Kablam and I was sitting there like this is the life. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. I remember just saying like, wow, I've got my I've got my snacks, I've got my TV. This is great. And then my mom kicked me off. But what do you guys think of actually now? It's it's great. I I love the slight mixture of stop motion and I guess chuckamation, which is hilarious. They don't care what happens, they just do it and then put voice <laughs> on it and it's funny no matter what. And and even some of the writing that goes into that is is still great. Like one of my favorite moments is when they right before they go to a commercial, Thunder Girl is flying towards the mayor, driving in a real car, yeah. just hanging onto the steering wheel, <laughs> like a real like size the top car. of the yeah, steering wheel. Yeah, because he's a, a, the tiniest little doll you've ever seen, and it's the narrator's like, "Can't she dodge out of the way?" And then she just smacks into the windshield. Apparently not. That didn't hurt a bit. Oh. That's good stuff, man. And it's yeah. so it's so it's so easy and it's so simple. I kinda yeah. wish like more of it existed. Yeah. Because, you know, Kablam ran for a decent amount of time. Right. But Action League now I think is strong enough to Yeah. Would even It was go its further. own show for I think a year after Kablam. Was it? Yeah, it had, it 
became its own little program nice for a bit yeah watching it for the first time as an adult was <laughs> i mean the whole show i had to get used to yeah. first of all did you take any ibuprofen <laughs> no <laughs> i did not actually but i actually now it was really funny just just watching it just a, even as an adult like the, oh, the yeah. lines and everything you were talking about that one scene and the the mayor says i don't give a hoot i'm going to pollute yeah. and just like fu- just, just funny little lines tra- like that yeah trash flying out the windows exactly. of the car exactly <laughs> like who's this litter bug god it's it's so quick it's so witty if you can't handle all of kablam <laughs> if you just can't yeah. then at least watch action league now mm-hmm so the next short we'll talk about is Prometheus and Bob. Another standout short that I think was pretty popular. Yeah. What you are about to see is top secret. It is a videotape recorded 900,000 years ago by an alien using a remote-controlled camera. It shows his attempts to educate a caveman. They have been codenamed the Prometheus and Bob Tapes. Created by Cody Sellers. This segment consisted of claymation, although Zellers did not like the term because the characters were mostly made of foam latex. It's centered around two main characters. One is Prometheus, an advanced alien life form who continually records his progress in trying to teach the second character, Bob, a caveman, how to become evolved. It involved a lot of slapstick that kept you coming back for more. Cody Zellers began by directing commercials. Often there would be leftover sets and equipment that was loaned for another day. He got into the practice of taking these items to create little shorts. The Prometheus and Bob sketch was born from the leftover set of a lottery commercial. He thought it would be funny if an alien tried to teach a caveman how to use fire. This would be the unaired pilot where Bob, after the fire is built, puts Prometheus on the fire to cook and the monkey flies the saucer into the camera. Sounds hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah. Violent, though. Yes, very Not, violent. Not, yeah. <laughs> Probably a little too much. Because the monkey, who was also there, I don't... Did he, he never had a name, so no. he's just kind of there, <laughs> causing trouble, but also kind of being smarter than both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I remember one where Prometheus was trying to show Bob how to paint... And then the monkey turns the camera a little bit and shows off his, like, beautiful painting. Yeah, where it's, like, got all of them in it. Yeah, it's just this perfectly nice, done, you know, and then he just turns it back and they're just screwing around. The producers of Kablam! really liked it, but they said that this original one could not be used or shown to anyone. He even had to sign a contract saying it would not be released as it was too intense for kids to watch. Mm-hmm. Even now, you can't. Oh, I don't know. He he said that the contract might be up now, but like well, you know, <laughs> sure he's got it, right? Yeah. yeah. David Ernst would help create the models for the following episodes, as Cody would be filming the current episode. Daniel Schler was the sound director for these shorts. It would mostly be these three men that put together this brilliant segment. Each time, a script would have to be submitted for approval. Cody Zeller said that he had a rule that if there were more than four notes on the script, that he would scrap it and start a different one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He did not it's want cool. to work on something that he felt was not his own. I mean, props, I guess. Yeah, respect. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. But that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> there was a full-length movie planned, but it was eventually scrapped. It had been slated to have David Spade and Chris Farley as Prometheus and Bob. 
But it was thrown out when Chris Farley passed away and when Cody Zellers disapproved of the script. What was left of the script was worked into Gulliver's Travels, starring Jack Black. What? Yep. I cannot believe that. That is amazing, and I'm sad. I know. Oh, God, that would have been so good. It It really would have been. (laughs) It would have been so funny. Yeah. Could you imagine? What if it was still just couple minutes of tapes mm-hmm. the whole time <laughs> it would just have static between it's like <laughs> like and it would start you know what you're about to see is classified these are the prometheus and bob tapes or whatever and they would say tape one and then the whole movie yeah was like that oh that my would gosh just go the whole nine yards man that sounds awesome that would have been so good and people go to see that and be like <laughs> what the people fuck who haven't seen kaplam are like what the <laughs> hell am i watching oh man the final short that Zeller shot was titled Painting, but was unaired because it was supposed to be a short before the scrapped movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in one of the most popular episodes, tape 677, Evolution Chamber, Prometheus and Bob use the chamber to evolve themselves. Bob turns into Prometheus. Prometheus turns into a version of Bob. And the monkey turns into a modern-day human. <laughs> Amazing. Classic. <laughs> yes. Very nice. The theory behind this episode is that both characters are idiots. I believe it. Yeah, makes sense there. Yeah. It's such a smart thing. It's, you you know, none of it is said explicitly. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. doing something like that just spells it out just enough. It's like, oh, I get it. Who's really on top here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Prometheus and Bob were both voiced by Cody Zellers. As Prometheus, he said a lot of swear words, which they would have to flip around in the audio. But Zellers still thought that it sounded like swear words. I agree. Yeah. I always, uh, watching it, I always thought he was cussing him out. <laughs> I, oh man, I have, now I have to listen back. <laughs> I, when I watched it, I wasn't listening too hard because I was like, oh, they, They're you know, they made like, gibberish yeah, alien yeah. sounds. It's fine. Now, oh, shoot, now yeah, I, I, I never like yeah. heard explicit words, right. mm-hmm. but the way he spoke to me, the actions and the speaking, yeah. it all yeah. felt, always felt like he was just cussing him out. <laughs> I, I loved that short. It was so funny. I think that the concept of it is incredible. It's incredibly, mm-hmm. like, so smart. And you just feel bad for Prometheus because you kind of feel like, I always imagined that he was sent from his planet mm-hmm. to do the grunt work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't actually want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah, here you go. Here's some robot things to help you, but <laughs> yeah. that's it. You're here's on some, your own. Here's some busy work. Yeah, yeah, your job is to elevate this planet before we can, like, really make first contact right. <laughs> you know and that's just not gonna work uh, yeah the next short that we're gonna talk about is sniz and fondue Oof. yeah yeah yes <laughs> not one of your faves adam i mean no i still really like this one but sometimes the voice of sniz <laughs> gets to me a little bit now and i'm like oh gosh mm. I relate hard with fondue now. I'm as a kid, I was like, "Oh, Sniz is so great, and he does the cool stuff. Look at his spiky hair and stuff." And I'm like, now I'm just like, "Get out of fondue's room!" <laughs> it reminds me, actually, a lot of Angry Beavers. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Sniz and fondue was created by Michael Perlstein, who is now known as Mike R. Brandon. Kablam! was not the first time that Sniz and Fondue appeared. It began as a pilot in 1992 with a short called Psyched for Snuppa. In this original pilot, Snuppa and Bianca 
were the main focus, and Snuppa was voiced by the musician Meatloaf. Yeah. Oh. So Snuppa and Bianca are two supporting characters in Sniz and Fondue. Yes. I see. This segment was in three of the four seasons and is done with the more traditional form of animation. Yeah, it's like your eyes, is this is your eyes getting a break when you're watching <laughs> yeah. Kablam, because right. yeah. you're watching all this crazy stuff, <laughs> and then you get to this traditional animation, you're like, okay, it's time yeah. to relax yep. for a little with bit. With like colors that are a little bit <laughs> muted. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. Yep. Except when they're like, we're going to start the show with Sniz and Fondue, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the rest of it is insane. <laughs> <laughs> When the segment returned as a part of Kablam, Mike Brandon was the only one of the crew to return. So he would go on to be its writer, storyboard creator, artist, and voice actor for additional characters. Wow. Yeah. A labor of love. That is a lot. It was only on Kablam for three seasons because Mike Brandon's animation studio, Funbag Animation Studios, was facing bankruptcy while they also were planning animation for the TV series Watership Down. Oh, man. Yeah. Sniz and Fondue live with their friends Snuppa and Bianca as the show follows the four ferrets and their adventures. Sniz is full of life and tends to get into sticky situations, and he usually pulls the anxious and reserved Fondue along for the ride. <laughs> that's what I'm talking yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Just like stop. <laughs> did you guys know them as ferrets? Like, did you did you think about it? Not specifically. I never. Ferrets. I knew they were vaguely an animal of yeah. some kind. Yeah. They the art style reminds me a lot of cat dog. Yeah, mm. it is. Very Where close some to of yeah. the like other than cat and dog, the other characters are vaguely animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what this one is. the The feel of it, like I said, is angry bear. Angry Beavers, but mm-hmm. the art style feels a lot more like Cat Dog, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily see them as ferrets yeah. either. I just saw them as animals, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Rick Gomez w- played Sniz Bronkowski. Yeah, yeah. Th- those who are Nickelodeon fans may also know him as Endless Mike Hellstrom from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Yeah, Endless Mike. <laughs> oh no. Among many other roles, he was also Clump in Sin City. Oscar Reba played Squeaky Fondue. John Walsh was Snuppa. And Monica Lee Gradishek as Bianca. I think I think that Sniz and Fondue is hilarious. I, I totally forgot how funny it was. One of my favorite moments was when Sniz was trying to be a stunt bike. <laughs> guy mm. like a like a evil Knievel style right it, it starts with him going to like a shop to buy a bike he's like this one and the, the owner's like have you ever ridden a motorcycle before <laughs> and they just skip that <laughs> but but he's gonna do his first stunt and fondue comes out it's like you're you know you're crazy you're gonna get yourself hurt you just look over and there's like this big ramp so you think he's gonna jump mm-hmm. like a mile or try to jump buses or something like that right but then he does it and it's just the tiniest little gap <laughs> with like a cupcake and a candle oh. and snuppa is just filming starting to film a documentary about it for no reason for no re- and it's but it's still just the weakest <laughs> stunt you've ever seen <laughs> and then immediately ramps up to i'm gonna jump the house oh my gosh <laughs> 
the whole town shows up to watch it. Oh my god. Fondue comes out, you guys are all exploiting him and you're egging him on. This is bad. I just wanna say, you should all be ashamed of yourselves! Boo! You people don't care if Sniz mutilates himself. This is sheer exploitation! Don't fight Sniz, shites and caps, eh? Shites and caps. You got that in a medium? <laughs> it is a great little short, too, and it another one that probably could have stood on its own yeah, as a whole show. Yeah, I think it could have. Yeah. Next, we have Life with Loopy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, this, this one. Yeah, this one took me for a loop. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended, nice. Yes. uh, It was so strange. After researching it, I understood it more Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, I I get it now. It's it's cute. But I did not necessarily like it that much when I first saw it. But yeah, I I guess because it was just so strange. But this short was created by Stephen Holman. Holman began in the world of animation when he got to work in the last two seasons of Pee-wee's Playhouse as a designer. Oh, so that that could be where all the wackiness came from. Exactly. Pee-wee's show would greatly influence his personal style because of the mixed media approach within it. After Pee-wee's Playhouse, he would go on to create the short Joe Normal for Liquid Television on MTV. Liquid Television showcased animation, some of which would become bigger and well-known, like Beavis and Butthead. Joe Normal combined pixelated live-action, stop-motion animation, and live puppetry. In 1993, he and his wife, Josephine Wong, would create their own animation studio called Wholesome Products Incorporated. It was then that he would pitch an idea to Nickelodeon called we are the shrimp skins while this live action show would not make it far only one developed episode it would be the reason that life with loopy exists when signing with nickelodeon for the shrimp skins there was an agreement in the contract that a short of some kind would be included this short would end up being life with loopy when shrimp skins did not continue life with loopy found its perfect home within the kablam show the shrimp skins uh yeah <laughs> uh mm. <laughs> we'll link to it yeah so you guys can watch a little bit of the shrimp skins we understand why it did not continue yeah i get what it do you mean yeah, i think i understand yeah it's Come on. incredibly odd yeah um it's <sighs> i think the weirdest part of it is the grown men yes. in the furry suits and if it was animated or something, mm-hmm. it, it would have been a lot easier for me to watch it. Yeah. But I, but yeah. it was these grown men in these furry suits <laughs> with eyebrows. Like, they colored their eyebrows. Yeah. One of them was, like, an orange color. One was, like, and blue. One of them was blue, and they were wearing, like, lipstick-type stuff to make their mouths more prominent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did you look up a picture, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you understand what we're saying? Uh, yep. Yeah. Doc- it's very Dr. Seuss feeling, but yeah. like not. More akin to the live action Cat, Cat in the, the Hat, Hat. Oh, yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. If you picture that, it's kind of similar feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'm glad that Life with Loopy came out of that. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Life with Loopy segment also combined various art forms by utilizing stop motion puppetry, and live-action pieces done by the show's creators. 
The tricky part with using all these forms was that everything had to match the lighting and atmosphere to make it seem as if it all went together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, That's got to be tough. Yeah. yeah, it's such a weird mix. Mm-hmm. So. Stephen Holman said that doing the live action sequences really helped to break up the long hours spent on animation. It kept it fun and silly. He, in fact, played several of the live action characters. The most recurring ones being Charlie Chicken and the TV host Hank Hankerman, who was meant to be like a David Letterman. <laughs> Hank Hankerman. <laughs> yes. I, who is the Anchorman. Yeah. The animation here is, I mean, that's, I think, even if the show wasn't fun, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy it. I think it's sweet. I think it's a sweet yeah. show. I think the animation is really, honestly, for all the different things they use, it's so seamless. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I don't think there's anything like it. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. Yeah. I, 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 lo- I think something should be said about the fact that it really did. This was brand new and still, there's still nothing like this on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a mixture with like paper cutout kind of stuff, like South Park style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with some claymation style, They're, like it's, their hands were yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, like actual photos used as props mm-hmm. and like full stop motion puppets and and full yeah. live action segments yeah it's, it's this, wild this yeah crazy mixture but it's somehow worked out life with loopy was narrated by loopy's 12 year old brother larry as he took the audience through the daily life of his family more specifically his little sister loopy or lupicia is an adventurous young girl who explores the world around her with imagination and wonder the heads were made from metal, which is why they have a flatter look, but also made it really easy to switch out the facial features as they were magnetic. Uh-huh. Smart. Yes. And Danielle Judovitz played Loopy. This one, for me, isn't necessarily one of my favorites. It's mm-hmm. not the funniest one Mm-mm. out of them all. It's not driving home that wackadoo humor, but it is very nice. I One of the episodes I saw where Loopy wanted to be friends with larry like more just as mm-hmm. sis- as younger sisters do sometimes yeah. right? but he was like nah no nah, i don't want that so she goes and builds a robot to be her friend yeah out of yeah. just like scrap parts and stuff and then mm-hmm. the robot's like oh i'm best friends with loopy and then you know behind the scenes is like i'm not friends with the humans we're gonna take over the yes, world yes yeah and- <laughs> It, it, you know, with like the hand mixer and the, yeah, <laughs> all the yeah. all the oh. other little appliances <laughs> around yeah. surrounding him. They now have eyes, it's like my yeah. minions. Yeah, <laughs> they have the little googly yeah. eyes. It got yep. me. I was like, oh my gosh. Listen to me and listen well. Loopy is not my friend. You are my fellow machines. I have tolerated her ridiculous games, only that I may learn the human ways. Soon I will have enough knowledge to make them our slaves. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet show. And it I think I really like it because it captures childhood yeah. very yeah. well. And it has that sort of, it reminds me of Pete and Pete mm-hmm. a lot in the sense that they do these fantastic things or Loopy does these fantastic things yeah. that everyone else thinks are impossible. You mm-hmm. know, she goes to goldfish heaven. Yeah. She legit like <laughs> yeah. hops in a toilet yeah. and goes to like, real goldfish heaven, yeah. you know, and all this crazy stuff. And I love that about it. I, mm-hmm. I, it is a very sweet show. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a young Pete, but at the same time, mm-hmm. 
in some episodes where they wouldn't necessarily be seeing eye to eye or they wouldn't really be interacting. Mm-hmm. Larry and Loopy are very much like that, where they're not really yeah together. But by the end yeah. of the episode, they're more like, you know, they're still your little sister. He's still your older brother. You but know, they're like friends. They get along still yeah. by the end of the episode. So it's really sweet. Yeah. And I really liked an episode where... She finds out that her mom is a secret agent, and oh. they they work together to get this alien back ah. to its planet and yeah. stuff. And yes. it's like, so cute. It's so cute how they work together, and ah, oh, love it. So the next one is the Offbeats. Yeah, yeah, That's so cool. The Offbeats is a traditional animation segment created by Mo Willems of Codename Kids Next Door fame. Heck yeah, um, man. What oh a yeah. great show that is. What's that one? <laughs> it's a Cartoon Network TV show. You kidding okay. me? We'll do no. an episode on it. Heck, yeah, I'll find out. I'll find ye- out, you guys. Heck yeah, we will. Yeah, it's a good one. You'll like it. It had a similar feel to that of the Peanuts TV specials in the Hanna-Barbera cartoons due to its art style and jazzy soundtrack. The series itself, in story and concept, plays homage to the classic Peanuts, especially since the majority of the voice cast are child actors. Originally for the pilot episode, this segment was called The Misfits, and featured a slightly less developed animation style with different voices. Uh-huh. Each segment was two to four minutes in length, and is about a, li- a title group of outcasts dealing with problems from a rival group called The Populars. The ambience was filled with... St- by scoring the, the short with jazz, it was created mostly with just a piano, drums, and a double bass. Very nice. Little mm-hmm. touches of jazz. Yeah, it is very Peanuts. Yeah. When you're watching it. It, mm-hmm. it. You get the child voices mm-hmm. and just like the boom, boom, boom. Yeah, just as they, yeah. as they bounce along. And yeah. The adults are very sparse. I think yes. there's only mm-hmm. one adult who's also kind of the narrator voice. I think mm-hmm. it's the same voice. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to point out, something that was carried over to Codename Kids Next Door, the populars and the delightful children down the lane are almost identical in the way they're done. Oh. Because you know how whenever the populars are seen, they're in this group, right? Mm-hmm. And they walk together as a group and they're yeah. never mm-hmm. apart unless one of them pops yeah. out, Yeah, you know, and, and is talking. But the delightful children from down the lane are done the same way they're the uh, they're the vil- one of the villains of kids next door and they are in a group mm-hmm. and they're animated together like that just like the populars it's pretty crazy the only difference being the delightful children um all speak at the same time to make yeah, them sound creepy. to make their mm. creepy as hell <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my gosh <laughs> so betty and bongo was voiced by misha barton that, yeah. yeah, that name should sound familiar if mm-hmm. you if you watch TV in the early 2000s. <laughs> she played, she was a character on The O.C., which is a ah. really popular show. She is the leader of the outcast of kids who has her own theme song that she herself sings. My name is Betty Ann Bongo. I sing this little song-o. I sing it all day long-o. Yeah, Aww. it's very cute. <laughs> Tommy was voiced by Mark Wagner with his yelling voice by Kevin Seal. He was the self-proclaimed outsider of the group who loves his plaid coat. There's one point where, there's one episode where Betty finds a twig and she's trying to like save it. Mm-hmm. Right? She's trying to get it to grow back into a tree, I guess. Oh. Yeah. She, she comes up to Tommy and is like, Tommy, you know a lot about the outdoors, right? And he's like, I'm an outsider. And then she just stares in the camera for a second. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> like eye roll. Yeah. Yeah. Rapunzel is voiced by Trisha Hedgecock. 
Her name makes sense due to her long floor-length hair. She is also the youngest and the most naive. Oh. Kind of, you can see the peanuts things. Yeah. yeah. You can see them. You can see yeah. the, you know. August was voiced by Dylan Roberts. August strives the most to be included with the popular's clique, but remains where he is in the status quo with his love for technology, even though most times his inventions are failures. Hmm. Except... Except for one that I also remember where he was trying to find Betty and Bongo's glasses. Yeah. And the thing was like, they're right here. They're right here. <laughs> you know, literally pointing them out. But the popular kids had them like hidden behind their back because they were being uh, mean. Yeah. It's like, well, that that one works. You just didn't trust didn't it. Didn't know it or yeah. trust it. <laughs> September was the only main character voiced by an adult. And that was the creator himself, Mo, Mo Wellams. September is August's talking dog with a sarcastic attitude. Although he is there, he has no motivation to affect the plot lines that happen. He is intelligent, but yet cannot open a simple can of dog food. You may notice he and his owner, August, have similarities to Peabody and Sherman. They are very similar. Yes. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's very close, because I hadn't seen this in years, and then I popped up, and it was so... I felt like my brain traveled in time. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I remember this particular, one particular short where he tells the popularist that he has a talking dog. And and it, it they used to play that, even not outside of Kablam. Mm-hmm. They used to play it just during commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, I have a talking dog. I have a talking dog. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah. You know, your dog, <laughs> say something, dog. And he's like, bow. And they all laugh at him. Yeah. And it's that really, really classic. Yeah, it's that classic where like they're they're all the same color and they're just mm-hmm. you just have close up with a <laughs> laughing face. Ha ha ha. With giant ha's yeah. drawn yeah. in the sky. Your dog said bow. Any dog could say that. No, no, you misunderstood. I want you to bow to me. <laughs> you know. And yeah, I just <laughs> yeah, Robin showed me that, and I'm like, oh my god, that is so hilarious. It's so cute, and it it is very peanuts like, mm-hmm. but the animation style looks so much like Peabody and Sherman. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, the three populars are Tina, Beth, and Billy. Yep, and they are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one we'll talk about is Angela Anaconda. Whoa! Yay. Not my favorite. I gotta no. say, yeah. this is not. <laughs> Oh, no. Angela Anaconda is a cutout animated short created by Joanna Farone and Sue Rose. These two animators were first known for creating the old mascot for the 7-Up commercials. Cool. Yeah, his name was Fido Dido, a teenager with a triangular face and wavy hair. He began as a sketch that Rose made on a napkin in 1985, then became a cartoon, and finally was licensed as the mascot for 7-Up by PepsiCo. Whoa. Yeah. I so, wish I could have a napkin sketch be <laughs> picked up by a big company. Right? <laughs> be awesome. Oh. Sue Rose is also known for creating the popular animated show Pepper Ann. Yeah. yeah. It's another one that I loved. Yeah, we mm-hmm. talked about that one a while back, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This segment only lived for two episodes within season one of Kablam. It would, however, go on to become its own show on Fox Family Channel for 65 episodes. So because copyright mm-hmm. for Fox, the two episodes of Kablam, I think that they never aired those again. Oh, That's so man. sad. Yeah, either that or they aired them without the without. Angel Anaconda. That's kind of lame. Yes. Nice. 
In the shorts for Kablam, Angela Anaconda finds herself as the unpopular kid in school that is often mocked by the conventionally pretty Nanette Menoir. She then gets revenge on her antagonist, but it is mostly just revenge that she imagines to happen. Every aspect of this segment begins as a photo reference. Each object, even things like hair, are taken from three different viewpoints, the front side and three-quarter view. All these images are then stored within a computer database that is easily accessed. Once they had all these images, they would use the program Houdini, which would load these images together and stitch angles to create movement by quickly changing the angle shown. Whoa. This, nice. I, I think the reason I, I didn't love this is yeah. part mostly because it wasn't really a big part of Kablam. Mm -hmm. It became its own show mm -hmm. on yeah. different network. And I was a Nickelodeon purist. Yeah, I pretty much I mean, only watched Nickelodeon. No, I think it was because I didn't like the way she looked. It made yeah. me feel really weird. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it's strange. And it's incredible how they did it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's. I think it's really great that they did something different and then it, someone else picked it up mm -hmm. and they were able to showcase it, but I just couldn't. You couldn't stick with it. Yeah. Angela Anaconda was voiced by one of her animators, Sue Rose. Nanette Manoir who is the original antagonist of the short, who is not even French, <laughs> was, according to Sue Rose, the name of an actual person that Joanna Farone knew as an adult and disliked for her similar attitude to the character. Wow, so mm -hmm. she's the worst. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she was voiced by Ruby Smith Maravitz. Johnny Abadi is Angela's love interest, even though she is only eight years old. He is voiced by Ali Mukadam. Mrs. Brinks, her teacher that obviously favors Nanette, is voiced by Richard Binsley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure yeah. that's great sounding. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there were other sh like shorts that were featured way less often on the show, and it, we kind of grouped them together here at the end because they weren't shown nearly as much as the other ones, no. especially, like for example, Angela Anaconda. Only two episodes mm -hmm. was in, and then it right. got its own thing. But the rest of these, unfortunately, did not get their own thing, at least not to our knowledge. But they're still worth mentioning here. The first one is The Louie and Louie Show. Uh, this short was only in one episode, but featured Louie the Chameleon and Louie the Hamster, who are desperately trying to get their owners to pay attention to them. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, I mean, I know our animals do. Mm -hmm. Oh, every day. The story was written by Gary Baseman, who would later go on to write for Disney's TV animated show, Teacher's Pet. Hey! Yeah. No, that one's not so bad. And the voice actress, Louis the Chameleon, was voiced by Jim Belushi, and Louis the Hamster was voiced by Billy West. Nice. Billy West. Are you yeah. kidding me? They got some good voice actors yeah. right there. For only one yeah. time. That's a bummer, because yeah. it sounds like it was could have been fun. Yeah. The next one here, we have Jet Cat. Jet Cat began as an actual comic book series, which makes it perfect for, for the Kablam lineup. It was created by Jay Steffens and did not appear until season three. It would be in a total of four episodes. It centers around a young girl, Melanie McKay, who has an alter ego, which is a cat-themed superhero. Yeah. 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 And if you look at it, it's kind of got some Batman vibes yeah. going on, oh, where it's absolutely. like a dark, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's wearing all black, and it's, yeah. you know. Or cat girl. A vigilante. Or, yeah, a cat girl. <laughs> and the voice actors, Melanie McKay was voiced by 
Ashley Michelle, and Todd Johnson, who is her best friend, is voiced by Grady Larkin. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We watched a teeny bit of, of Jet Cat, and the it seemed like it could have gone some places. I think it was yeah. pretty funny. I think yeah. it was pretty cute, at least. Yeah. yeah. This one, this one could have done well. I like how jealous of her um, this guy is. <laughs> and, and he's like, tell me all of your superhero secrets. Obviously, you can't do that. Yeah, it's no. not how superheroes work, you dummy. <laughs> but yeah, that that one it, it had a like a Powerpuff Girls, yeah, mm-hmm. um, mixed with Fairly Odd Parents kind of mm-hmm. vibe going on. It's pretty good. The next one here we have is Race Rabbit, created by Scott Fellows. It also was featured in the later seasons three and four. Scott Fellows was also the creator of the popular Nickelodeon shows Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Hell yeah. Which is a killer show. Hell yeah. Yes. He's a British race rabbit, and he's tearing up the tracks. He's got a need for speed, but he always got time for anybody in need. That's right. Yes. Yeah, what a cool guy. So basically, he's always racing, but he gets thrown off by people who need his help. Uh So he stops and helps those people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it's super cute because they use a real rabbit. Yeah. Oh. While helping others, he also manages to always foil the plans of the bullies. Bullies, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From the upper crust. (laughs) (laughs) This segment is live action that uses a real animal, like you just mentioned, as the race rabbit. The other characters were Gabby McShoutsalot, the (laughs) race announcer. Sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. The bullies are aptly named because they are bullies that want to catch... And stuff race rabbit for their wall. (laughs) That's horrifying. That's terrible. What a bunch of bullies. (laughs) (laughs) Super Chip Max is always trying to keep race rabbit on the track to win the race. She never wants him to stop and help others because it could delay their winning. Yeah, that's right. It ain't always about winning. Um. To a super chip, it super is. Chip. <laughs> yeah, that's all it knows. Don't break for anything, race. No extra tires, no fuel. Race! Stop! Please stop! No women stranded on the side of the road waving a baby food jar! You seem to have forgotten, Max. I break for everything. This super chip takes inspiration from Knight Rider's kit. Yeah. yeah. This is a really... This is another one that's really weird, but I love it. It's so funny and mm-hmm. strange. And it's the idea of... <laughs> it's just the idea of this bunny that's got this super chip <laughs> helping him win races. Yeah. But he just wants to stop and help everybody. Yeah. What a weird show, but I love it. I mean, yeah. again, fits right into the <laughs> Kablamiverse. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And the last one here, Surprising Shorts. This segment of the show would feature one-of-a-kind shorts that would not be recurring. So this is where animators get to, like, party. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In the first season, Henry and June would introduce them by having June pull down Henry's pants, (laughs) which (laughs) which would reveal boxer shorts with fun animals or flowers on them. Surprising shorts. Yes. I get it. In all the other seasons, they were introduced just as any other short was by saying this was the world premiere. Yeah. The world premiere of... (laughs) 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 
some of these shorts were Lava, Anemia and Iodine, The Brothers Tiki, Randolph Flans, Incredible Big Top, and Garbage Boy. <laughs> Garbage Boy. Garbage Boy. Dude, Aww. in the time of Garbage Pail Kids, while well, those were like super collectible like the cards and the little Mm -hmm. like gross figures get them out but like while those were popular like garbage boy yeah come on fit right in (laughs) (laughs) so yeah this was a cool spot because it was you didn't have to have a fully fledged short concept and then Mm -hmm. they were just showing they were showing these little little bits that you know didn't have full episodes behind them Mm -hmm. yeah trying them out yeah it's kind of like with the pixar shorts you know yeah yeah just throw it at the wall see what sticks yeah Yeah. they were able to incorporate all this different animation from these people that otherwise would never get their stuff shown Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah it's pretty cool yeah kablam captured 90s nickelodeon in the most wonderful way it was strange a little gross at times silly and original It was made to showcase artists that were under the radar and bring them to the forefront. Kablam! exposed audiences to stories and characters that they otherwise would never have seen. It was ambitious and entertaining and very funny. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I have so many fond memories of Kablam! It felt like a show that was meant just for me. And in that way, it made it the perfect show for Nickelodeon, the first kids' network. Where kids... Come to watch cartoons. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good tagline. Nickelodeon is the place where only kids win. That's right. Ah, That's the one. There yeah. we go. I remember when Nickelodeon was, it was, you felt like they were just for you. You were like, mm-hmm. oh, great. This is my show. Yeah. My show is on TV. <laughs> you know, and it was just, I don't know. They made programs that felt so specifically targeted to kids. And, yeah. and I, I love the message. I love the idea of all these other artists getting seen. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're not doing just the same thing for every single show, yeah. and they just gave people an opportunity to have their stuff featured, and it was really entertaining, and I loved it, and it was so weird, and it was so perfect for me. Yeah, and it made it easier for those artists, you know, because getting a whole 11-minute show or half-an-hour show out there is hard. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of work, man, it, you know. Not until something like a Rugrats or, or Hey Arnold, like a big Nickelodeon show where they put their whole team behind it, can you really pull off a, right. a, a yeah. show like that. But there's so much creativity and talent mm-hmm. that doesn't get that far. Yeah. And Kablam! was able to showcase some of that, and that's awesome. Yeah. It oh, was yeah. incredible. And I think that's another case closed. All right, we're on the money tonight. Yes, Woo! we are. Yeah. Hey. Well, I hope you enjoyed our first episode into our month of Snick, Snick Timber. Yes. yes. You can find us. We have a website, blackcasediaries.com. That's all you need to know. I think you'll yeah. find everything you need right there. We're Piece on Twitter and Instagram. Just Google us. You'll find us. That's yeah. right. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Share us with your friends. Yeah. Please. Please. If you want. I yeah. mean, you, I mean, yeah, do it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, good night, everybody. See ya. Bye. Go wake your Grammy. There's more Kablammy. Still to come, Prometheus and Bob. Life with Loopy. And when we return, more Action League Now, right here on Kablammy.